0: I'll be reading Matthew 4, 21 through 34. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone here has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch on its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand he did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything.
1: Amen, amen, right? Do you ever just read scripture on your own and at the end you're like, that was so good? Do you ever do that? Like, I love this this section of, I like the Gospel of Mark, that's why I'm, I decided to preach through it, but the Gospel of Mark is just filled with miracles and teachings and disciples and crowds and just, it's, I just love it. So, um, we can stop and go home and be excited about God's Word because we've heard a lot through song, through the meditation by Mike and, and just celebrating and remembering Jesus. That's why we gather, right? We come, we're broken people. Um, I'm still broken. I'm sure you are all still broken, right? But we come, we're redeemed by Jesus, we are made new, and we have the Holy Spirit in it just, that just says, keep going, keep going, keep going. And when I say keep going, keep going, Hebrews 12 comes to mind where we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I, just don't, I don't believe they're just dead witnesses. I believe they're living witnesses around us that keep us going too. Um, Don't forget about um, the witnesses that you know that have kept you going in your faith journey. Um, I know in my life there have been many. uh, My family, um, teachers, coaches, friends, um, and just you remember their words. Um, Even if they said something like 20 years ago, you're like, man, that word is still encouraging. They said that to me that day that time before, maybe I always think before a basketball game or after a basketball game, but it's that one word that says, keep going, keep going. Just, you might have failed, but keep going because God is good and he continues to work in the midst of everything, okay? So let's pray today. I know when I said broken people, there's a lot of hurting people, not only in our congregation, but in the community and the world around us. So let's pray, pray with me as we, um, before we go into God's word, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word uh, being proclaimed and read aloud. Thank you for songs. That's uh, that we can praise you for who you are in our lives and what, uh, what keeps us going. Um, Thank you for Jesus and why we come around the table and celebrate and remember what Jesus has done for us. We don't just proclaim it today, we're proclaiming it for the rest of our lives. So help us to do that in a way that shows people that we love Jesus and shows them that we love them because we love Jesus. Help us today as we study Mark together that we would be encouraged from a lamp, from a seed, and from growth. Help us to be encouraged today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Throughout the sermon today, there might be some things that are going to be different. You might be caught off guard. I'm just giving you a heads up. So if you, ca- if you catch yourself off guard because I'm doing something out of the ordinary, I've warned you, okay? So just roll with it. I like that phrase too. You just got to roll with things sometimes. So can you roll with me today? If I do something out of the ordinary, you just say, okay, Keith warned us, we're going to follow along and see what happens, okay? Can, we, can you agree to do that? Not get up and walk out and be, be like, man, Keith's doing something different. I'm leaving. Don't leave, okay? Like I said, the Gospel of Mark has, when I'm studying it by myself, when I'm talking to people about it, It excites me because Jesus is doing a lot of different things. He comes on the scene and he's preaching that message, right? The shortest sermon ever in history. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe. And he's done. That was his first sermon. Very short. But it's powerful. He's calling people to change. He's saying, You need to repent and believe the good news, which is myself. He doesn't explicitly say that, but we are reading it today and we can see that. Jesus is here, the king is here, and he's saying, believe me, I'm here. And last week we talked about the soil, right? There's different types of hearers that hear the word of God that comes from a preacher or a teacher or um, a book they've been reading Some word of God comes and you have hearers, they hear it, but sometimes they don't really hear it. Satan comes along, takes it away, right? Then you have, it is planted, it's received with joy, but there's no root. Then they receive it again, but remember the deceitfulness and the worries of life and wealth come in and say, oh, I want that better than what I just heard. And then you have the good soil, right? Hopefully that's what we want to be the good soil that hears it accepts it and then what produces a crop That's what we want to be remember some 30 60s 100 you don't have to be like me I don't have to be like you you don't have to be like the most spiritual person in the world God has called you to be you in Christ He says this is who you are in Christ I want the 30 I want the 60. I want the 100. You give me whatever you want to because you're serving me and I'm going to be proud of you as a son or daughter of mine. And that comes to mind. Remember, at the end, what does it say? One teaching of Jesus, you stand there and says what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my presence. Do you want to hear that? then start doing 30 60 100 there are times sorry that went in there are times at my desk where i'm like ah i haven't done enough but then i have to remind myself what i said last week thank you god for my 30 <laughs> thank you god for my 60 thank you god for my 99 cuz i don't think i'll ever get to 100 But don't get in that rut saying I failed. If you're doing something for God. And you'll see here in this passage as well, he keeps going with the same teaching, I believe, because remember, if you understand the parable of the soil, you'll understand his parables that he's teaching, following. So let's we've heard it read. And I'm going to do a little what I did last week, the key verses I believe, which will help us with this um, these three parables. Some say four, but I only see three. There's a lamp, there's a seed that's growing, and there's a mustard seed, okay? So you got lamp, seed, growth, that's my title. And we'll see that played out here in the message. But the key verses, look at verse 23, right after he says the first one. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Remember last week, if anyone has ears to learn, let them learn. And then verse 24, at the very beginning there, it says, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully. Do you ever think of consider, that just that, that word? Do you ever? Consider, consider? It's the Greek word blepo. It means to weigh carefully, examine. So Jesus is saying to his hearers here, Consider, weigh carefully, examine what you are hearing. You know what came to my mind? Acts chapter 17, the Berean Jews, Paul's teaching to them. And what do the Berean Jews do? They open up scriptures to examine them to see if Paul and Silas were speaking the truth. Do you ever open your Bible after I preach, after Keith Wise teaches this morning, if you were there, after Jody teaches in Sunday school, do you ever go home and say, I'm going to examine this to see if those teachers or preachers were correct or true? You don't have to raise your hand, but do you do that? I can honestly say I don't do it 100% of the time. I may hear something and say, oh, that sounds really good. I'm going to believe that because I trust that person. But in reality, I have to say, Yes, I trust that person, but I'm going to go examine what they said and see if it matches up. A lot of people don't do that today. They hear something and they don't consider it carefully. So remember that Jesus is saying to his hearers, consider what you hear, weigh it, examine it carefully. Don't just be flippant about it. And then at the very end, 33 and 34, I think this is probably to me the most important in this section. Because it says with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, which I think it's the crowds, as much as they could understand. And then 34, he did not say anything to them, the crowds, without using a parable. But, that key word, when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This gives me an idea, because not every parable is explained for us, Correct. In the word of God. It's not explained for us as the readers. But what does that say here? Jesus, when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything to them. Who went out and taught what Jesus taught at the very beginning? The people that were with him, right? That got everything explained to them. And they go out and spread the word. And you see in the book of Acts, what happens? There's a lot of what? Growth. I was reminded this morning what the first sermon Peter gave, how many were added to the church? 3,000 in one day? I don't think we could fit 3,000 people in here, but if we did, that would be a joyful experience, right? If people came to know Jesus, that many. So I think those are the key main verses here that we need to remember. And I want to bring a paraphrase in for that last verse. because or 33 at the very end. It says, Jesus taught with many parables as much as they could understand. Here's one paraphrase. Rob Lacey puts it this way. Jesus feeds them as much as they can take in without giving them indigestion. Nothing's explained. I like that because He doesn't give them too much that says... Ah, man, I'm just too... He gives them just enough to be interested in what Jesus is saying and maybe go home and say, let's talk about this with family, let's talk about it with friends. He just gives them enough without giving them indigestion, without making them worried or making them like, oh, that's too hard. Just enough to maybe get their minds thinking about what Jesus is doing on earth and who Jesus is and what he's teaching. I just thought that was an interesting paraphrase, and I wanted to bring that to you. But let's start with the lamp, okay? You know what a lamp is, right, I hope? I want Colton back there. Can you turn off every light? It's not going to be totally dark because we got, like, windows with the sunlight coming in. And I got the cross and the baptistry lit up behind me. I mean, I'll, turn them off. Turn them off if you can. They're still on. <laughs> I can tell they're still on. Can everybody tell they're still on? So, a lamp. Cheryl read it for us, right? Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? Okay. Does that light up a space, right? Now, if I put it here, is it helping anybody? I put it under something. It's not going to help me. I can't, well, I can't read anymore. It's dark. But what do you do with the lamp? You put it on a, you put it high, right? If I had something to hang this on, I would because you could hang it, and then it would light up a space around you. You can see it, right? And when I was studying that word lamp, what does it remind you of? Or what does it, yeah, what does it remind you? What what verse does it remind you of? A lamp. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. Now, if I was to walk a path, I'm not going to be like, Hiding it, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, where's that path? I'm hiding it under my hands or my whatever you're carrying. What am I going to do? I'm going to put it out in front of me, right? I'm going to light my path to know where I'm going. Isn't that what we have with God's Word? We come around a problem or a discussion and we're like, let's know truth. Where do we go to? Do we go to the latest book on the shelf, the next hot topic book? Or do we go to God's Word? And what the teachings of God's word are. Because it's a lamp, right? One thing I like about a lamp, you can turn the lights back on. One thing I like about a lamp is this. If I'm walking a path with a flashlight or a lamp, how much can I see? One step in front of the other, correct? Is that the same way with the Christian life? We know the end. I know that. We know the end. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus. That's going to be a glorious time. Everybody's going to be praising God. But what do we do in the here and now, step by step, we rem- we're thinking about the future. We're thinking about But what happens if we have just one step at a time? I need to love my neighbor. Oh, what does that look like? I need to help them. I need to um, serve them. I need to wait on the tables like the deacons that we learned this morning. I need to call on people to pray for them. I need to um, have faith in God and have faith in people sometimes and trust people. I need to help people, encourage people. Don't we learn that from here? That's one step in front of the other. I know the end goal. I know Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came once and saved us from our sins. And He's coming back again to bring us into glory and say, hey, welcome. Welcome to this prepared place I've made for you. But a lamp is one step at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself. What did we say this morning, right? Don't get in a hurry. Did you say that? I think you did. If If I'm misquoting you, Keith, I'm sorry. Don't get in a hurry to get to the next thing. It's a lamp. So it says... Don't put it under a a bed or a bowl. Put it on its stand so everybody can see it. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. And then he gets to this. Some people say there's two parables here, but I think it's all connected. Verse 24, weigh this carefully, consider what you And then the next one. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Does that sound like Satan taking what you heard away? Or the deceitfulness of wealth and and pleasure, does that taken away? Does that ring a bell? Remember, the parable of the soil is the parable that says, if you understand this parable, you'll understand these other parables. With the measure you use... 30, 60, 100, right? That's how I see it, so. The 30, 60, 100. And even more will be measured back to you. Another paraphrase. Eugene Peterson puts verse 25 this way. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Stinginess impoverishes do you ever see stingy people? Or in probably today's term, hoarders? Stinginess impoverished impoverishes. I see that. If you look at people that are don't are not generous, it doesn't look like they're having a good life. <laughs> They're not happy. They want the next best thing for themselves. But what is generosity begets generosity, Eugene Peterson puts it. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you even more. And I see this lamp and this whole this section of the lamp. Are we being lamps to the world? Are we being lights to where we're at? Um This book again, remember I quoted from this book last week, but look what it says about seeds. Sometimes people, everybody say that. Sometimes people, people play a role in helping seeds to grow into plants. Sometimes people play a role in helping others produce crops. I believe that. Sometimes we have to encourage each other to say, hey, go produce a crop. Come with me and we'll produce crops together. Sometimes people play a role in helping seeds to grow into plants. I just thought that was, bring it to the Christian life. That's phenomenal. Last sentence, they have many ways of making sure that their seeds get to just the right places so that they will be able to grow. Remember I talked about how do we prepare our soils? How do you prepare when you come to a teaching or come to a service that is surrounded by the Word of God and uh, remembering Jesus? Do you just come in off the street and say, well, I'm here? Or do you come and as you're driving to church, do you pray as you drive to church? Say, who am I going to talk to today? Who's going to be there today? What's the topic of the sermon Let's pray about that. Let's pray about people online that are listening. Let's pray for the song service and the leaders there. Or do we just drive and drive and then pull up in a parking spot and walk in? Or do we actually prepare our soils? And then later on in the book, it kind of goes along with, you know, Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Seeds may may meet with all kinds of accidents on their journeys. Some will be collected and eaten by insects and animals. They will never sprout. Other seeds may never reach the ground. Some seeds will land in dry areas where there is not enough water for them to sprout. We gotta prepare our soil of our hearts. As we receive God's word, as we receive God's word, and its truth being spoken, we accept it, we retain it, we say, with joy, I need this, and then what do we do? Produce crops. It all goes back to the soil parable. Now here's where we're gonna do something different. I'm pulling out my cell phone, okay? That's the. Bear with me. We'll see if it works. Can you turn this off? For me? Hello? Hello? Is this, Good morning. Is this my How are you?
2: I am so excited.
1: Can you hear that? Or not?
2: Saturday in focus time, 4-0, to
0: zero, and we're going for it. And these kids are learning something that they haven't done before, and that's to play ball.
1: Good. with. Uh, this is Mary from Penn. I'm going to turn you around so you'll see everybody, okay? Okay, I asked her if it was okay, and I don't remember that. What time is it there, Mary? We are an hour behind you because we don't go on be like savings time. Oh, so you're We're earlier then. than normal countries. <laughs> uh, she said normal countries, if you didn't hear that. Um, well, the rest of the world doesn't go on day like savings time. Only United States does that crazy time. That, that is crazy. The, the one... Uh, Mary, the reason why I called you today and asked you if I could call you during my sermon was um, we just read the parable you're listening right now, the parable of the lamp. And I want you to know that I see you being a lamp at where you're at. And I'm excited when you tell us, when you share with me what's going on, the Little League starting, that's amazing. And just all that you're doing there. And I praise God for you uh, being a lamp there. So um, that's why I wanted to call you Hearing my sermon.
2: Well, thank you, Keith. I have started this park back in 2009. And if you go to the Facebook page on the foundation of Mary Day Day, Portas Diversiones, Sports and Recreation, you'll learn that it's been a big challenge for us to fill a property that was mostly swamp and turn it into hard clay that we can pay, play baseball on. And several years ago, back in 2013, the first Little League team took the championship. Twirl, and um, I was so proud of them, and now we have the Pony League, which is the children even younger, 9 to 12 years old. These are kids that are just starting out their lives, and they're learning to play this game with the rules, and I am not able to do this because of my incap- capacities of being very handicapped, so I'm actually sitting in a recliner talking to you, but... Don't worry, my people are are younger than me, and my workers' families, the little ones, their generation of children are playing these games. And for me to see that happen in front of my eyes with the community coming together finally, trainers, volunteers, people that aren't getting paid, trying to support this um, recreational park. And it's not just the park we're doing. We're also doing equally a lot of missions, and we have started a lot of different locations here in Bocas del Toro. So it's not just all about a park, honey. It's about God. And it's about pushing forward. And even though we had three years of COVID brick walls in front of us, we're going again. And we played through quarantine. We played through all that time in secret because we are very much secretive in the back and no one can see what we're doing. But we're going forward with God. Don't
1: yeah. you
2: worry. We are I can't come home, but I'm down here working hard.
1: Well, praise God. Well, thank you for taking time to answer my call. And You're welcome. Anytime. And we'll, you say, your we'll say bye, okay? Yes. Yeah.
2: I know you guys don't support me monetarily, but my business supports me monetarily, and praise God I have the prayer power behind it to force this place forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of obstacles down here in this garbage pit, so thank you for
1: your prayers. Yeah. It really does work. Well, thank you for talking with us for a few moments. God bless you, and we'll see you soon and talk to you soon, okay?
2: You have a blessed day, all of you. I love you forever.
1: Uh, We we love you too. Where is America? Panama. Panama. Mm -hmm. Cell phones. (laughs) Isn't it amazing I can call somebody in Panama during my sermon, and we can get an update? Someone being a light, a lamp for Jesus. Isn't that cool? That's, that was my role with it. So thank you for rolling with me on that. And thank you, Mary, for joining us. Um, always good to hear what is happening there because it's exciting. She sent me a picture of the Little League team, and she knows I love sports. Probably everybody here knows I love sports. So, she's like, are you excited? I'm like, I am excited when something good is happening with sports, but not just sports. When Jesus is involved, it's even better. So, thank you, Mary, for chatting with us a little bit. I hope that encouraged you because there are people we know elsewhere that are being lamps, lights for Jesus. So, let's pray for them. Let's um, encourage them where they're at and don't miss opportunities to do that. So that's the lamp parable. I hope you're encouraged with that. Um, the seed parable, we're going to... The lamp is probably my favorite, but the parable of the growing seed, we'll kind of do this, you'll understand it. The seed is scattered, right? A man scatters seed. And these two, the growing seed and the mustard seed, it says the kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how all by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, the head, and full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Does the farmer, what does the, the man or the farmer just do? He just what? Scatters the seed. And what's he doing? Day and night. He may be just like, okay. goes back to sleep. Next day he's like, okay, goes back to sleep and it's growing, right? It's growing. Walter Wessel, a commentator, said, here the mysterious power of the seed itself to produce a crop is emphasized. The seed itself is producing a crop. The, that's a mysterious Wonder because the man just day and night gets up, gets up. He doesn't go out and do anything until it's fully harvest, and then he sickles it down. Some of you may know this name, um, John Mark Hicks. He's a Restoration Movement scholar, and he said this: disciples sow the seed, God grows the crop, the harvest is assured. Disciples keep on sowing and God keeps on working. We sow the seed of the Word, and that's it, right? Sometimes that's it. We sow the seed of the Word, we spread the gospel message, and that's all we do. And in, what's happening though? It's still growing. Paul, remember Paul says, I plant the seed, Apollos waters, God gives the growth. Sometimes our duty, no, I don't want to say duty because I don't like that word, but our responsibility, there we go, our responsibility is to share, to scatter the seed of the word of God, the gospel message, and now it's in God's hands. Right? We share it, if we see those people we share, we can still encourage them and encourage them. But sometimes we may not even see the person again. And then down the road, they may come to you and say, remember that time you shared that word with me? I accepted it, so thank you. Or we might not even know till we get to heaven. And then we don't care because whoever's there, we're like, man, we're praising God. But wouldn't it be so fascinating if we all get to heaven and some, and we could do that, we're like, man, I remember when you encouraged me and you encouraged me and you encouraged me and you encouraged me and you did and you did you did. You, you led me to Christ. Thank you for that. Could, wouldn't that be amazing if that happened? Which I want to believe that it does. But, sow the seed. God is going to do a work. One, camp I worked at um, a mother came up to me and said my daughter wants to be baptized into Christ and so the little daughter comes up to me her name was Grace and she comes up to me she's six years old at the time she said I want to be baptized I'm like why do you want to be baptized that was my first question and her answer was I want life a six year old girl giving that I'm like okay okay that's right on them. You need Jesus. You want life. And over time, uh, I think it was two years later they did the camp again. I wasn't able to uh, work the camp. And she texted me. Um, the mom texted me and said, Grace talked about you this year again. She uh, wished you were here. Um, she just wanted to thank you again for what you said to her uh, a couple years ago. And you don't know the impact of that but something will click in somebody of what you said, and maybe they'll start to grow and produce crops themselves. Her mom also texted me one time and said, uh, she was asked in school about baptism, and she gave a wonderful answer. I forget what it was, but the teacher was like, wow. Because it was so powerful how she answered the question of baptism, like, what does it mean to you? And she was eight or nine at the time, eight, the teacher was amazed at how answered. Like, you don't know the impact. And always keep in touch if you know people. Don't lose touch. Where you're at? How are you doing spiritually? Can I pray for you at anywhere? Don't lose people. But the growing seed, God is working in the midst of everything. Sometimes we're like, Where is God? He's working. You see that with Mary in Panama, correct? The parable of the mustard seed will finish with the mustard seed. It says, "The kingdom of God is like this: the smallest seed, the mustard seed, becomes what? Largest of all garden plants. A small seed becomes this garden plant. How did the kingdom of God start?" Right? Jesus is with His disciples here, right? He's explaining everything to His disciples that, as we mentioned earlier. And He's walking with them. He's talking with them. They're learning from Jesus. Remember what He said? He said, follow Me, I'll make you fish for people. I'll train you to do that. So Jesus is saying here the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's very small, but it's going to be this large thing. The kingdom of God, it started small. 12 men and other disciples. But then you have, what, in Acts, the first sermon, Peter 3,000 I mentioned earlier, right? And then in the book of Acts, later in that chapter, it said they were adding daily. So, it starts small, but it's grown to this worldwide kingdom of God. There's other countries other than the United States, just so you know. There's other towns or cities other than Vestiburg, Michigan. You look here, and if we count followers of Jesus in this room, it's going to be a small number, right? But if you counted Vestiburg, all of Vestiburg, St. Louis, Elma, and all these cities and all these countries in all the world... It's more than (laughs) 3,000. Right? It's going to be millions. And there's probably some countries we don't even know because it's so remote. But they're still following Jesus. I believe that. So the kingdom of God starts small, but it's this massive, grows into this massive thing. So you have a lamp, a seed, and growth. I hope this encouraged you today because the Word of God is exciting to me. And for the invitation, I just want to... You might know this song, okay? Like I say earlier, I'm not going to sing it, but if you want to sing it, I'll sing the chorus if you know it, and I'll say the verses and the chorus. This song came to my mind. There's a call, comes ringing o'er the restless waves, send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light. We have heard the Macedonian call today, Send the light, send the light. And a golden offering at the cross we lay, Send the light, send the light. Let us pray that grace may everywhere abound. Send the light, send the light. And a Christ-like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light. Let us not grow weary. Are you feeling weary today? There are days I am. I feel weary. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. I want to add 30, 60, 100. Send the light, send the light. And if you know the chorus, I've just lost the tune. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. So, shore to shore, worldwide, be a lamp and watch the seed grow. Okay, let's pray today. God, thank You so much for the Gospel of Mark and how He wrote it down for us. How the disciples were following Jesus and learning from Him, and they got explained every parable to them. I thank You that we have the written Word of God for us, but we also know the living, true Word of God, Jesus Christ. I pray for those who maybe are thinking about Jesus and saying, I need Jesus to save me. I pray that they would respond to Jesus' call. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and rose again. And when we repent and believe and say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, that's what baptism is. We're dead to our sin and now we're alive in Jesus to live a new life and the holy spirit comes in us and now we can follow the spirit and the fruit of the spirit come out of us that we can impact the world and plant seeds in our, in people's lives and plant seeds and plant seeds and somebody else waters it and then you are going to give a good increase God, you're going to work in this place. I know it. Because your word is powerful. It's living and active. So God, use us for your honor and glory and help us to not do it for ourselves, but do it for you. If there are those here that need to make a decision, I pray that they would do it today. As we sing this last song, God, help us to worship you in spirit and truth and to be excited about what you're doing in our own lives, but also in the life of this church family and community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. It's called the church. We have sang it here before, but if you don't know the song, this is a perfect message to go along with what Keith was talking about today. He